Yeah, good morning. <laughs> My wife's telling on me. I am so blessed by the family of God. Are you blessed by the family of God? It's, yeah, put your hands together. Just, Lord, thank you. We just honor Lord for his local house and... You know, I came in this morning with some things on my mind. I know better than that. I just, I do. I know better than to bring stuff into a service. And I didn't check it at the door. And um, I was sitting uh, over here and uh, a, dear, a dear brother, Jason Russell, came over uh, to see me. He said, Pastor, I want to ask you, how are you doing today? And he, he, he wasn't letting me off with, oh, yeah, everything's great, it's good. And he asked me about six times. And, uh, and so looked him in the eye and said, I kind of need a hug. And, uh, and that's, that's not entirely within your personality. It's a little bit more in my personality. But she gave me the hug. You blessed me. Jay, you changed my morning, man. Thank you. Appreciate the body. I appreciate family of God. Thank you so much. Last week, we talked about uh, learning to trust God in the place of confinement. And in the season of confinement, we feel like we're out of control. Uh, I often have described my seasons of confinement as I'm free-falling. Uh, there's nothing to grab onto. There's nothing to take charge of. Um, and uh, you just have to really, you're forced to trust the Lord in those seasons. But you can either grab hold of the prison door, at least what feels like a prison door, or like Joseph, when we learned last week, we can turn and face the season and find out that God is not confined in your season of confinement. You're confined, but he's not. Say, God's not confined. He's not confined. He wants to show himself faithful. He wants to show you his goodness and love you into his image in that place of confinement. And I want to uh, kind of continue that thought this week a little bit uh, as I uh, want to call this this morning, giving, giving God your yes giving God your yes. Father, we just thank you uh, for what's happening already in this service as we've loved on each other. Lord, as you've loved on us, we've loved on you. Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit so prevalent in this room right now. Speak to all of us that we might go today stronger than we came in. Lord, more capable than we thought we were. More loved, Father, than we could imagine as your reckless love is pursuing each and every one. We thank you, Lord, today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Yeah, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but I don't do sports, so I don't even know who's playing. But um, <laughs> I know a friend, a good friend who is moving to Cornwall, uh, Lewis is watching today, and uh, he texted me this morning, and he said, I hope your team wins today as long as it's not the 49ers. So... Or was it the Chiefs, or who is, but I don't know. <laughs> All right, got that out of the way. As we're coming into this season of opportunity, as we just sense it prophetically, and the Let Them Hear weekend that just was, wow, was so amazing. In fact, I had a, I had a really uh, remarkable experience during the Let Them Hear when Pastor Luis, Luis was speaking on the Saturday evening. Um, it felt like my, my life had flashed before my eyes, and for a moment I said, Lord, does this mean I'm dying? And he said, no, actually, you're going to be living. Uh, this has nothing to do with dying. It's, uh, you're very much alive. And what I was seeing was um, major prophetic moments in my life, uh, just being reminded as he was opening up, Pastor Luis was opening up that prophetic spirit in the room, and we were prophesying to the dry bones. And, uh, and I just felt, 
overwhelmed in my own spirit as I first celebrated his faithfulness. And then second, it was as if all of those promises of the Lord were being renewed afresh. And I was living Lamentations 3, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Isn't that a good word? Why don't you go go ahead and give the Lord thanks this morning online. Give the Lord wherever you are thanks for mercy and faithfulness. It's fresh every morning. This just feels like a season where we're being renewed and promises are being renewed. And we're getting ready for that. So I want to give you this word this morning. As I find myself, just in my own life, gathering up some of what have been life lessons, kind of uh, lessons that started many, many years ago, and I've had the opportunity to live them out uh, in the days that follow. And I just feel just this, you know, newness to share some of these and some of these stories with you. The Bible says that uh, the wise man builds his house upon the on the rock, the wise man builds his house on the rock. And Jesus said that that rock, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, so not just hearing, but you do them, is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And so Jesus is saying that doing God's word or saying yes, that's what I'm talking about this morning, giving your yes to God, giving your yes to God is how you will have a strong foundation in the Lord. The Bible says when the storms come, not if they come, but when they come. So many people are rebuilding their lives and the truths of their lives over and over and over and over again. And Jesus is saying, do the word, say yes to God, put it into your foundation, and we will be those that are withstand and can build um, upon the foundation layers upon layers. Well, this story I want to share with you today uh, also happened early, early on in my journey with Jesus. Uh, circa 1984, uh, Christine and I were just uh, married a year, and if you're doing the math, yes, this year in August we'll be married 40 years, and uh, it's hard to believe actually, uh, and uh, I just love you so much, and you were on fire this morning, that was really inspirational, I'm glad you picked up where I underlined great, because sometimes you just don't say it like you believe it, so I just wanted you to really believe it this morning. <laughs> I was halfway through a biology degree at the University of Western Ontario, and the Lord began to speak to me about uh, his plan uh, for, for Christine and I in full-time ministry, full-time vocational ministry. And, and it was one of those things where um, I had not thought about it for, for a very long time, and I'll, I'll kind of circle back to that part of the story for a minute. But this particular time in 1984, uh, just after the, uh, we were 1983 Christmas into 1984, um, I just found myself everywhere uh, I looked, it was as if I would be reminded about um, a, a conversation I'd had with the Lord. And he kept bringing me back to it. And even things I didn't want to be reminded about, they, they just were kind of triggering my memory and found myself praying about, thinking about, and scriptures kind of all converging on this thought of, of going to a preparation time for full-time vocational ministry. And that had be begun when I had preached my first sermon at 16 in our home church. Grew up in a small rural church, which afforded opportunities like that. I'm so appreciative to my heritage and uh, a little Pentecostal church in a little town called Mount Bridges, Ontario. And uh, let it rip uh, with all of the gusto I had in that Sunday night service. Enjoyed it immensely. 
And uh, I was super grateful for the feedback after as kind of the moms and dads of that church uh, kind of lined up almost like a receiving line uh, after that message that evening and, and said that you need to, you know, son, you need to really be considering uh, a call to full-time ministry, uh, that God has called you, and the, the call for preaching is upon your life. And, and uh, again, as much as I appreciated that, I didn't feel like God had called me at all. In fact, the last thing I wanted to do was ever consider, uh, especially at 16, vocational ministry, and I didn't think about it again until this period of time in 1984. And the Lord reminded me of what I would tell all those folks in kindness, but I would say to them, if the Lord calls me, I'll say yes. If the Lord is the one who's asking, I'll say yes. Well, it culminated in an evening service and church that Christine and I were attending uh, as we were newly married, the church that we got married in called Glad Tidings uh, Church in London, Ontario. And uh, that evening service, we had both morning and evening services, that evening service uh, I don't remember what the sermon was. I just remember uh, there was an urgency uh, in the spirit that I needed to get to the altar, uh, which was kind of a common response after the word on a Sunday evening. The prayer area was open, and you could come for prayer. And, and I made a mad dash and knelt right at the edge of the stage and began to cry out to the Lord uh, for clarity about what all of this meant, what was going on in my spirit, what was happening in my heart, just married a year and, and sensing all of this kind of focus about something that I uh, had, th- had been told about years before, and now the Lord was bringing to my attention. And as I knelt there, um, I, felt in, um, I, felt, I felt in that moment that the Lord began to speak and say, uh, you said... You said that if I called you, you would say yes. Well, tonight, tonight is the night. Tonight I'm, I'm calling you into full-time vocational ministry. Yes was not my first inclination. <laughs> and I began to, I don't know how long it was. It, seemed, it seems like, and as I remember the story, that it was a considerable amount of time that I began to high-level negotiate with the Lord. And I know you've never done that, but as I felt kind of the weight of a decision, I felt the request of the Lord. I began to tell the Lord things I was sure that he didn't know, things that he hadn't considered, that he hadn't thought through when he was making this request. That I had you know, said to Christina that if we get married before I finish school, so we got married while I was a student at university, because she was investing in someone who was in the pre-meds program, and I'd hoped to be a dentist to make a lot of money. Uh, she was really witnessing to that and felt good about that and, uh, and helped support my education. Uh, we, we, uh, I worked in summers, but she, she worked hard uh, full-time and beyond to put food on the table and pay our rent, and uh, as we, you know, kind of had this goal, and uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with the Lord, I think much like Jacob in the, in the story of the Old Testament. And I began to tell the Lord all the reasons why this wasn't a good idea right now. Timing, Lord, timing's kind of off. And uh, that would mean that we would have to move to Peterborough, uh, where our denominational Bible college was at that time. And uh, Lord, you know, I don't know if you've thought it through, but 
that's a college town, and, and finding an apartment in a town where, you know, Fleming has a college, and Seneca has a college, Trent University's there, our Bible college is there, and, and Lord, you know, I mean, and Christine would have to find work, and I mean, you, you I mean, all the college students, are, and, and she'd have to find work, and, and then we'd have to relocate, and, and, and I don't know if this is a good time for relocation, and that's about how for many moments and minutes, and I don't know how long, but I was hard level negotiating and letting Jesus know that maybe he hadn't thought this request through. And I've never experienced a moment like it, and this is why I share it, what happened in the following moments. In the noise of my head, in the noise of this conversation that was very one-sided, I heard the voice of the Lord in a volume that I've not heard it since, and I've not heard it uh, before that, but it was much you know, I'm used to the small, still voice of the Lord, and I've learned how to tune my voice to that, but God knew in that moment that the noise of my head and the noise of my life and the noise of this, this, this wrestling that was going on, I heard the volume of his voice go just a notch above mine, and he said, yes or no? And I was literally paralyzed in that moment by the voice that I heard, and it got very quiet my, in my head and in my spirit. I began to weep because that voice was a voice that even then in my early 20s that I had learned to trust since a little boy. And I knew, I knew that at that moment, as the scriptures say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put him first and all these other things will be added to you. And as I just began, there was a release and a surrender in my spirit. I said, Lord, yes, yes. Yes. As I talk to you today about giving your unequivocal yes to the Lord, it's a learning process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that as we get saved and we say yes to salvation, that automatically we just say yes to God all the time. If that were so, we wouldn't be in the struggle with this flesh and blood body. And as Paul said, that the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up by doing. And it's really learning to hear his voice and learn our yes to God. And as we learn that yes to find out that the creator of the universe who created you and created me knows what's best for us in the most loving fashion that we can imagine. This morning as we talk about why God needs her, yes, the first thought I, I want to give you is that God needs your permission. He needs your permission. As we talked about last week, yes is a choice, and God is not a controlling God. Control spirits, controlling people is, stems in sin and the rebellion of hell and the rebellion of Satan himself. And Satan will usurp people's wills. He will usurp through fear and intimidation, and that carries out into the human race, and people under the influence of sin and evil will carry that out. But God and his people uh, do not, or not, or at least God's people are not. We know God does not, and, and we are not to usurp or coerce or use fear to get our way. And so God treats us in this most loving, incredible fashion, and he needs your permission in this journey. And I don't know if you've thought about that before, but he needs your yes, and yes is a choice. And I wanna help you this morning in this simple message, learn to say yes a little faster, a little more frequently, and enjoy the journey that he has for you because that yes brings blessings beyond what you can imagine or dream about. Number one, this morning as we're learning to say yes, you are saying yes to a loving God. 
You're saying yes to a loving God. When I was a kid growing up in church, we would, um, once a month, there would be what was called Mission Mission Sunday. Uh, it was done a little bit differently than we do it today. At, here at Harvest, as Chris was explaining, uh, all of your give, generous giving in our regular tithes and offerings each week, 10% our church tithes. We take 10% outside. We do not, we say, Lord, this is not for Harvest. This is not for what we do in this house. But we send it outside the house for mission work um, and, and, and its various applications of that, and Mexico being one of those. And uh, and, and so, um, Missionary Sunday would happen uh, uh, once a month, and the offering would go toward uh, missionaries uh, that our church was supporting as a little kid. Now, oftentimes, if it were possible, when a missionary was home on what was called furlough, and that was a year or more that the missionary came off the mission field with their family and would come back to North America, and in this case, uh, Canada, and they would visit churches and talk about what God was doing. At the end of those services, often there would be a table and they would have, you know, if it was Africa, they would have African artifacts and souvenirs and Thailand. There was a missionary in our church from Thailand and they would have things there. And uh, I, I learned uh, as a boy and then growing up that at the end of those services, the missionary would say every head bowed and every eye closed. And it wasn't for salvation to receive God's love the way we do here at every week. I'll do it here today uh, at our, in this service. It was, with every head bowed and every eye closed, consider you're here today, the call to the mission field. Now, I knew it was coming, so I would put my fingers in my ear. I am not telling a story here. This is true. This is what I did. I put my fingers in my ears, and I go, la, 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 just loud enough in my head so I could not hear because I didn't want to hear the challenge. I didn't want to hear the challenge. And the way I had it figured out, was much like as parents sometimes if you, we have five boys and, um, and, and so when they were growing up, if there were chores to do, uh, some of those boys just by personality, they were easier to convince and get them to do chores. You know, you could say, I could say to one of my boys, um, and to protect the innocent, I won't use names, um, I, I would say, you know, you need to go out and cut the grass or you need to take the garbage out and say, yeah, dad. And I had a son that was just a pleaser and would do that. Then I had a son, man, it was like if there was work to be done, he could somehow sniff that and he'd be hiding, hiding, pretending to do homework, whatever, whatever it might be. And it was like, it was like, it was just, it was a little confrontational. It was a little difficult to get, to get and to teach that this needs to be a little bit easier. And so as parents, I don't know if you've done this, but we can err on the side of avoiding the conflict and get the, the easy yes, right? Get the easy yes out and get that, that child to do it. And so I kind of figured it was kind of that way with God and that God had children and I knew I was, one, I, I, even as a little boy, I wanted, you know, I wanted to say yes to God. I wanted to be obedient. I felt like, you know, I was a, well, somebody that wanted to please God. And, but in that moment, the, 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 the options are few for God. And, and so missionaries to third world countries, those are going to be hard to get. And that's not something I would ever want to do. Like, that is like the last thing. And even traveling, it's not my favorite thing to do. And we love Mexico, but man, it's good to come home. I just got to say, it's good to open the tap and know you can drink some water and, and not get deathly ill. And, and um, so I'm a little soft when it, com when it comes to missionary traveling. So here I am as a kid, and my idea is that God's got a few yes people that'll say yes, and he'll, he'll make you go. Because his options are few. 
And he'll just kind of, he's kind of like a boot camp God. And he's just going to make you go. And I don't want to go. So God, just listen. The way I'm going to get around this is I'm, I'm going to hide, do my homework right now, and I ain't saying yes. And then I learned to understand that God is a loving God. And he knows exactly what will bring the fulfillment and contentment. God knows you way better than you know yourself. He knows you way better than you'll ever know yourself. He knows vocationally uh, what to put into your heart because he designed you to know him, to find freedom, and to discover that he made you with this incredible purpose in life and then to use the toolings. And I believe all of us are called, not just people who are called to vocational ministry. I believe every vocation is vocational ministry. I believe everything we're doing in life is a yes to God, that God can direct our children and our young people and our young adults into career paths, that he has sanctioned and he has said, I've designed you and made you for this because you are exactly this way so you can be an influence in this world. Yeah, go ahead and thank the Lord for his love over our life. God's not waiting, you, waiting to send you to the Siberia, Siberia of life. If God is asking or requiring something of you today, it's because he desperately loves you with a reckless love. He's not saying something to you today to ruin your life. He's not holding out on you, though that's the original lie from Satan himself to Eve in the garden. God's holding out on you. That's why he doesn't want you eating the fruit. No, if there's something he doesn't want you partaking of or eating of, because he knows it's certain death, and he wants you to live life and life to the full. And that's what Jesus came to give us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Say hope. Say future. Come on. God might be talking to you today about something in your life that doesn't fit his plans plans he has for you. You say, but I got my own plans. I'm just not sure that God's plan's a good plan. I'm saying today, trust his love for you. It's a good plan. It's a plan the scriptures say will prosper and not harm you. If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, say best, that may not be Skittles for breakfast, how much more ready is your heavenly father to give wonderful gifts. Hebrews says, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the author and the finisher. Why not say yes to the one who wrote your story before the foundations of the earth were even laid? He knows your name. He knows your life. Number two, you were saying yes to a faithful God, to a faithful God. Numbers tells us that God is not human. He's not going to lie. He's not, he's not a human being. that He should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does, his prom, does he promise and not fulfill? You see, God won't change his mind about your life. He's not going to go, oh, my goodness, I forgot about that. No, a faithful God, trustworthy, day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Corinthians tells us that he is faithful to do what he says. And he's invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Think about it. He's invited you into partnership. Saying yes to God is saying yes to a God you can trust. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he might be inviting you today into a partnership. 
Hey, it might be a financial partnership. We talk about giving at Harvest, and I know that's a hard area to say yes to. It's a difficult area, and that's why we don't want you saying yes to us or yes to a campaign, and often that uh, whoever's transitioning the service, and as Christina did today, she'll say, we want you to pray about it. Take your fingers out of your ears and ask the Lord and say, what are we partnering in? What, 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 what is it that we can do financially? And you might, it might be that Lord will say that, I know that thing you want to buy. Why don't we put that on hold for right now? Why don't you trust me in this area? If you're saying yes to a partner today that's faithful, he can be trusted. He will, he will hold up his end of the bargain every single time. He will not leave you high and dry. He will not leave you in need. You can trust your yes with a faithful God. Number three, you're saying yes to a God of promise. A God of promise. Say promise. Promises of God are incredible. If you're watching online today, and I know many are, and we appreciate it. Hey, can I just put that in for a moment? Many of you have indicated that you're not able to be in the room for whatever reason. Some because you live in another community. And we just love that you're part of this service right now with us uh, online. You're part of the family, and uh, we love you so much. You're saying yes to a God of promise. It says, I love the, the New Living Translation for this verse. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. In other words, Jesus has paid in full for the promise. He's not made a promise and God's got to go and work for the promise now. He's worked for the promise on the cross. His sacrifice on the cross has released every promise. God has said yes. It's already yes. Before you even ask for what God has promised, it's yes. Say yes. But this is how he's worked it. And through Christ, our amen, or that's another way of saying, so be it, Lord, uh, or a partnership with God, and I love that the NLT puts, which means yes. <laughs> so God's yes, our yes, ascends to God for his glory. So when there's a manifestation of the promise of God in your life or in my life, or we pray for somebody because God's put it on our heart and says, I'd like you to pray for that person. It could be the middle of the night. And you have a yes, God, I'll go to prayer right now. And I don't fully understand her. Jay Russell is sitting in his seat and he says, Pastor, I really, am I out of line this morning just to come over in your personal space? I go, dude, no, you said yes to God. And right now you're changing my life in this moment because you said yes to God. And what happens Jay, is your, you said yes, God said yes, and the blessing and the glory goes to God because each of us are saying yes to the same thing. The Bible says we're two shallow agrees touching something, it's done. I think sometimes we forget that us and God are that majority. If God says yes and we say yes, those are two touching and we're in agreement with God. And Jesus said, pray that my will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We bring God's yes into our situation with our yes. Let me say it this way. Obedience releases God's promise. Your yes releases his power. Deuteronomy says, walk straight down the road that God commands so that you'll have a good life and live a long time in the land that you're about to possess. So I've given you three reasons why you can say yes to God. He's loving, he's faithful, he's a God of promise. This morning, just as we're shifting this service, and I hope this is helping you this morning, I wanna give you three reasons how 
how you can say yes a little more easy, a little more easily. Just some practical ways that your yes to the Lord can come uh, in a new fashion. And uh, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that every time you say yes to God is going to be as big a decision as I just I started this uh, message with. But God has some big decisions for you. He wants to ask you to do some great things in the kingdom. The Bible says as we're faithful with the little things, he'll begin to trust us with the great things. And he said the great things are people. He wants to trust all of us. He wants to trust us at harvest. In the days ahead, we're going to be talking about some visionary things that God's placing on us, on our hearts as leadership. And he's going to be looking for a yes from this congregation. We need to get ready. We start with the little things, the daily things. And we learn uh, how to do that in the life of Samuel. He has a book named after him in the Old Testament. His mom, named Hannah, was barren, couldn't have children. And she just would go before the Lord on a very regular basis. And she said, Lord, if you would give me the joy of a son, I'll dedicate him to the priesthood. I'll bring him at a young age, and he'll serve you all the days of his life in the house of God. The Lord answered her prayer, and Samuel was born, and he's dedicated and released, and at a young age is learning the ways of the priesthood under Eli, uh, the, uh, the head priest. One night, Samuel hears a voice uh, calling him, and he thinks it's Eli because he has no context. As we would continue in the story, it's actually God speaking to young Samuel for the very first time, and Samuel's ear is attuned to the frequency of heaven, so he doesn't know it's God. But it, as an obedient young lad that's learning the ways of God in the house of God, he jumps to his feet in the middle of the night, and he runs to Eli's bedside. And he goes, Eli, I heard you. Well, what is it I can do for you? And Eli goes, go back to bed, man. I, you're dreaming. I didn't call you. It actually happens three times before uh, the uh, old priest, Eli, realizes what's going on. This is, this is Samuel's moment as he's learning to give his yes for the first time to the Lord. He gave instructions. He said, go back. And if you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Samuel will do that. He would hear some amazing direction for his life and the life of Israel. He would go on to become one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. You know, yes can be difficult, can't it? Yes to God can be difficult. There's a war with our will, and God's waiting for us to learn to submit our will to him. And so just Y-E-S, just after the letters, here are three simple ways that you can learn to have a yes with the Lord as you're growing with him. First, live a yielded, yielded for yes, for the why and yes. Live a yielded life. How do you do that? How do you yield to the Lord? And uh, often it's a yielding and not a full stop. I think a full stop is good, but sometimes the yield sign simply is as you're rolling up that you give the other guy the right of way. Yielding to the Lord is simply saying, I give God the right of way in my life that he knows better, he loves better, he's wiser, he's greater, he's better. I've not always done a great job. If I'll be honest with my track record, uh, I better yield to the Lord. How do you yield to God's way in your life? Samuel was in the right place to hear God. This morning, you're in the right place. And I would encourage you, continue to be in God's presence. He was, he was being trained and raised up in God's presence, in God's word. He was serving in the house of God. 
Serving isn't just to get people busy here at, at Harvest. As we pour our lives out for others, join the dream team. I love dream team huddle, and Ryan did a great job this morning just encouraging us again. Why do we serve? As we invest our lives in the house of God, we're in the right place, doing the right things, and we're in a position of being in the right place of learning to yield and to submit to having our way our will relinquished. I say it this way. You can't control a control spirit. And if you, like me, like to hold on to your own will, what I had to learn at a very young age that you, you just can't decide, I'm going to stop being in charge. There's only one antidote to being in charge, being in control. Submission to the Lord. The Bible says submit one to another, to God's people relinquishing our will. And so here's young Samuel in the right place, in the presence of God, under the word of God, yielding to God. What that is, is you learn to have a posture of yielding, a posture, a position in your life, in a yes position. For the E and yes, Y, E, expect to hear God. Expect it. Wise Eli sent Samuel back with some great instructions. Be listening, and he will speak. And when he does, say, I'm going to listen to you. A yes posture is one of listening. We expect God to speak to us, to direct us, to adjust us, to correct us. As you open up his word in the morning, start by saying, Lord, today I honor your word. I will yield to what I read today. That takes... As we grow in God, it becomes easy, easier to, to say. But as we first start to serve him, but what if, he, what if he asks me? And we've all done how I started this. Well, Lord, what do you mean that I shouldn't do that anymore? What do you mean you don't want me hanging out with that group of people anymore? But, but God, you know what that, God, but have you thought this through, God? Yes or no? Expect him. I'm listening. Expect in a posture of listening. Lord, I'm listening. I come to the house of God. Lord, I'm listening today. You might hear him in a, in a sermon, in, in a worship, or somebody like Jay Russell did for me today just came over and his Jesus' voice came through. And his Jay's eyes filled up with tears, which is just really unusual for him as a, as a human being. Because he's a man's man. I kind of find... Jay, you sometimes a little intimidating, man. Like, you're a big guy. I'm always like, dude, I don't want to tick you off. <laughs> and his eyes filled up with tears. I saw Jesus. He said, Pastor, you okay today? I'd already made a decision. I, 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 I'm listening. I, I want to expect to hear God. Wow. I'm, ex I'm hearing God and Jay. Yield and expect. S is surrender. I can't help but think that this hymn that we sang, sang it often as I grew up. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust you in your presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. 
Make me, Savior, holy thine, because I have a hard time doing that on my own. Let me feel your Holy Spirit, truly knowing thou art mine. You love me, you're faithful, and you're God of promise. So I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. If yes were easy, I wouldn't have to talk about it this morning. It's not easy to relinquish our will to his, but it's necessary. He needs your permission this morning. Yeah, just like in my story I shared, I want the whole game plan. I want option A, B, C, D. I want to know if God's thought about this, that, or the other thing, but here's the deal. Oftentimes, you don't get the game plan. He just says, yes or no. He doesn't want yes, if, yes, maybe, yes, but. Yes, and then details will follow. <laughs> what a great God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. I just want to remind you as every head bowed this morning, every eye closed in this place, a moment meditation and just this holy moment we ask a question. If somebody might be here today who hasn't asked Jesus to come into their life, the greatest victory ever fought in history, that victory was fought with a surrender. And Jesus said, not my will but yours be done. And he went to the cross and paid for your sin and my sin. He paid for the world's sin. Jesus said yes to the whole world. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, and Jesus gave yes to his Father. And together, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit fulfilled the plan of redemption for every man, woman, child that would ever breathe air on planet Earth. That victory against hell and death, that victory against sin, that victory over millenniums of evil that Satan thought that he had, earth, all going to hell in a handbasket. But God had another way that we could have fellowship and forgiveness and enjoy his love and partnership in Christ Jesus. And Jesus won that victory for you, but you have to say yes and receive it. This morning, if you're in this room and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to forgive your sin, to begin your eternal life right now in this room, I would like to invite you to do that online as well. If you're here and in this moment, and maybe your heart's beating fast, sometimes that happens, or you've just come to a point this morning going, if pastor were to ask this today, and he always does, today's my day. And that's interesting, because the Bible says today's a day of salvation. Your yes is already ready to go. He sees you. Let's just, why don't we just seal the deal and simply Raise your hand in this room if that's you. You'd say, Pastor, pray for me. Online, text it, and I'm making my decision today. Could I just see your upraised hand as a symbol of your yes to the Lord? You're inviting him into your life today. Is there anyone? Is there anyone today? Could I see? Just glancing around. I just don't want to ever miss somebody. Let's all stand this morning. I don't see a hand. But I'd like to, just in case there was someone online, that we would together pray because we stand together in this decision. Let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you're for me and not against me. I receive what you did on the cross, your life for my sin. 
I receive it now. Forgive me. I receive your love and new life in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that if you prayed that simple prayer or you're online, that you are born again and received eternal life in your heart and soul. Just before we go, and you'll be dismissed in a moment, would you with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength sing this song to the Lord by giving him your yes? I want to remind you, a surrendered life is a life of victory, blessing, and freedom. God bless you. to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily
Thank you for being here. Thank you for just blessing us by showing up. Have a great week. We love you all, and we'll see you back here next week.